And welcome to another episode of the DOS Game Club podcast. This is episode 50, Florian. We, uh, we've done it. I don't know if, if it was a goal, I, I guess. It's a round <laughs> number, that's nice. But yeah, 50 episodes is a lot. Do you mean this is the last one? Uh, no. <laughs> no, in fact, we've got the whole next year planned. So yeah. no. And I just renewed the domain name as well. So we're stuck with it for another year. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're going to talk about uh, Street Rod, which we played in November. Uh, looking forward to this very much because I like this game a lot. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about this all by myself. I'm Martijn, by the way, Tyne on the forums. And uh, joining us, as always, is our trusty co-host, Florian. I don't got time for amateurs like you. What? <laughs> Get lost. (laughs) (laughs) What a loser. (laughs) Yeah. At a time. Hey. (laughs) It only took 50 episodes. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's great. Did you write them all down or? No. Did you just remember them? I will. Um, To be honest, I used the strings command on the street rod executable. Wow. (laughs) I'm not sure. Because I couldn't couldn't remember the actual actual wording of all those insults. And then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I actually I, I spent uh, like like half an hour waiting for the king to appear in the game so that I could could write down that stuff, but mm-hmm. he never appeared, and I couldn't ask him to, hmm. to raise me. Raise uh, me? You weren't doing well enough. Well, uh, well, well. <laughs> you're going you're going beyond. Uh, like this is just us saying hello. So let's let's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> talk about all this stuff later. Uh, but welcome to have you back and. Uh, what what do they say? I mean, they they do say what you just said when when they don't want to race, but when they do want to race, they just say, "Let's go." Let's or, go. You're right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All you're right. right. Yeah, Let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So yeah, cool. You're on. Let's hit it. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, we've got more people, Florian. Uh, one of them is uh, an old an old time member rejoining. It's Otvar. Hello. What a geek. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it's been a while, can, man. Please, can you refer to me as the king from now on? Yeah, that's, <laughs> sure. We will, we will try to remember that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thanks for joining again, King. Mm. It's uh, it's been a while. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I've been uh, following your your uh, your episodes, and you know, it's always interesting to listen to. But uh, I haven't uh, had time slash uh, played the most of those games you've gone through. Mm. But I'm very happy to be a uh, uh, you know regular listener. Yeah, and and I think we're going to play one of your uh, suggestions soon as well. I think so too. So in January, uh, Master of Magic is coming up, which I think you suggested like back in 2016 or something. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, that is definitely one of my favorites. So I'm very much looking forward to that um, uh, with some fear because I did try it like a half a year ago and it wasn't quite what i remembered oh, but uh, you know okay well, we'll spend more time on it cool cool well we'll, we'll definitely see you back for that one hopefully mm-hmm. yeah um we, we've got more people it's it's like a, it's a gradient it's like what we've got one <laughs> veteran member um we've also got a new member but it's rob or or spoon boy on the forums hello hi hey and you sent in a voice message right i did for it that was for the wing commander episode a few episodes ago yeah exactly 
So now you're you're joining for real. Leveling up. Leveling up. Yeah. Which, is, yeah, which yeah. is very good because in that Wing Commander episode, I actually thought you had been on before because you've been on IRC with us. So yeah, I, yeah, I remember. I actually forgot you've never been here. No, I was happy with your mistake. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we just swapped the episodes. and then Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But but welcome and and it's very nice that you uh, you're joining this one. Thanks so uh, much for having me, guys. It's really great. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and there's also a brand new member on. It's Jonas. Hi there. Hey. Glad to be here. Yeah, super nice. I think you joined uh, pretty recently, didn't you? Yeah, I think uh, two months ago. Mm-hmm. So I found you on Hacker News, and I thought, well, uh, that looks interesting, and uh, so I stuck with you, and now I'm on the podcast. So it's uh, great. Yeah, super nice. That's how quickly it can go. That's exactly. very cool. If did, you're not careful. <laughs> did you guys post it on Hacker News, or did someone else do it? Uh, yeah, I posted this comment. Um, I think someone made a posting about. Some games that were added to um, archive.org, I think. Uh. Um, and I just thought uh, the post was kind of doing well, you know, it was like in the top something, top 100, I don't know. And so I figured, oh, a lot of people are going to see this. So mm-hmm. I, I commented, like, oh, this is really cool for this club, those game club. And then people read it and joined us. So, nice. Marketing, yeah. eh? Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> one comment on a website. <laughs> At least one of us knows how to do marketing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, but it's much appreciated, uh, Jonas. And it's really nice to have new uh, people finding us and, and then joining the show. So that's, yeah, that's brilliant. Well, thanks for the warm welcome. Yeah, of course. So um, I I think we should just dive in, right? I mean, uh, yeah, no, uh, no need for stalling. Just, just get the show on the road mm-hmm. let's i don't know let's, let's hit it. it let's buy yeah. third your engines <laughs> Before we really start, um, I think it would be wise to quickly um, explain the game, like in broad strokes, because I'm, I, I think a lot of people have played Street Road, but I also think a lot of people have not played it, Yeah, uh, like among the general audience. So I think a little explainer would be helpful. Maybe, maybe I can try because I didn't play it before and this is my impression of the game. Okay. So it's 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 basically a first-person racing game, but it has a twist that you have to build your car from used cars and parts, and you have to buy the stuff after winning races where you can get money or you, know, you can win the cars of your opponents. 
And yeah, you, you improve your cars, you race in the open road, on an open road. Um, sometimes you get caught by the cops. <laughs> and ultimately, you want to be the king, or Akbar, <laughs> as we call him. <laughs> and exactly. yeah, that's, that's, that's basically it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's got this um, American, like, rock and roll theming going oh, yeah, on, right? I was thinking because it was it's... a bit like um, a Happy Days simulation. Uh, exactly. You ever watched that? You're it's basically, like that. you're trying to beat the funds. <laughs> yeah, or um, what's that? What's that one musical? Greece, um, Greece. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, it's very Greece. Also, yeah. it is. It is exactly that time period, and it's uh, very cool. Yeah, exactly. So it's a. Uh, it's it's actually made in the eighties, but it's referencing the thing that was popular in the seventies, which is about the sixties. <laughs> it's, 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 um, it's set in a very specific year, isn't it? It's like 1962 hmm. or something. 63, yeah. 1903, yes. Um, right. Because uh, all the, the cars in the game, they have uh, an age, right? Because oh, mm. there's there's like a, a year they were built and uh, none of the cars are newer than 63. So mm -hmm. yeah, you also have the calendar in your garage where you can yeah. check the compare the dates to the weekdays. Yeah, that's the mainstream method such of getting the year. Yeah. I just realized that the King's Corvette is a 1963 Corvette. And of course, that would be the most recent car in the game. I didn't join the two up. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So he's got like the hippest, newest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So so it's it's a lot about that time period, you know. Um, I think it's it's like like, well, I don't know if these are like the glory years of America, but it's like a period people sometimes look fondly back on. Yeah, I think it's also one of the um, most popular um, times for, for classic cars, even today, right? So mm. 60s cars, they are they are big. They look good. Like, exactly. Eight, exactly. Eight, right, exactly. 80s cars, they look like crap usually, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, Lamborghini is pretty cool. Most, most of them, most of them. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it's like an idolized period in, in, uh, in car circles, but in general, I think. So... Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's very much about this. Um, yeah, that's the game. Um, we've got a voice message a message from yes. uh, Joseph or Josie. Yep, who has been on in recent episodes, but not in the the most recent ones. But he did he, he did play he's a game been on many shows, right? He's been on a lot. So yeah. So let's 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 listen to it. Hi, Joseph here. Well, as somebody who almost never played racing games, I must say that I quite enjoyed this one. For a while. After I managed to install the new manifold and three carves, as Tyne suggested, I went off racing. And yeah, I lost a few times. And then when I finally thought I could win, the police changed me up. And this was repeated several times, and I really think that the game didn't like me. In the first hour or so of gameplay, I managed to get all of the bad endings. First... I become a pedestrian after wrecking my car and not having enough dough to buy a new one. Then I got thrown into jail in front of the diner because I wasn't solvent when the police caught me. And finally, during the race against the worst schmuck I could find, I rammed right into him and died. <laughs> so I guess if you are not as bad as I am at racing games, I would definitely recommend this one. Wow. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I think we're going to talk a lot about how much um, randomness is in this game, right? Mm. It's good to get a you know a full list of all the possible deaths uh, early in the episode. Yeah, exactly. I don't think these are all of them. Even uh, mm. these are some of the main ones, but yeah, 
you can die, but you can also crash your car and just wreck it. The jail one. I've never seen the jail one. I always kind of either successfully outran them or just slowed down like a good citizen and paid <laughs> paid twenty dollars. Yeah, you you can actually outrun them. Huh. Yeah, yeah apparently, yeah, yeah, fast car. Yeah, you know, I mean, but you that doesn't work if they catch you too late in the race, right? Because I, I was definitely ahead of them and then I crossed the county line and then I had to stop because the race was over, of course. Oh, and then you got caught. <laughs> oh, no. I think, I think when the race is over, they, they kind of stop chasing you, or don't they? I, I think I got a fine once. Mm, okay, that's too bad. But uh, yeah, you, the, I think the jail one appears if, if the police stops you and you don't have any money. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you can't actually pay the fine. So you're you're doing your last um, the last bit that you can do. You're racing for whatever for a car that you can sell, and then the police comes. Yeah, and that's it. And that's it. And then they build a jail for you in the exact same spot where you've been <laughs> earlier, but then with bars in front of it. Awkward. Yeah. So anyway, the first bu- bullet point in my document is who suggested this game? <laughs> uh, the answer is me. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, I really like this game, and I thought we should play it. So that's what happened. Yeah, I was there when you decided. We were on the chat, and uh, yeah. I think we were talking about how we didn't have a game to do that month, and mm. you just no Twitter polls or no, uh, no nothing. You no. know, it was just, just a, no. Hmm, just I really like this game. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make it this game. The header on the website. I've changed that. It's done. Yeah. You know, exactly. we only do Twitter polls when we have to settle a dispute. Mm. We couldn't solve Myers. It didn't get a chance to get that far. <laughs> there was no dispute. No, we just did this one because I wanted to. <laughs> the end. That was recommendation enough. <laughs> uh, although I do think we were overdue for a racing game. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, th- there is that. Um, so anyway, obviously I have played it a lot. Uh, I've played this game as a kid. I just had it. Never had a boxed copy, but it was among my game collection on uh, five and a quarter inch floppies, which all had handwriting as labels. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's how I got it and played it and liked it as a kid. Because the original labels got lost, right? Yeah, I don't know what happened. This is just how they arrived. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> did you did it did it kind of meet your uh, your memories, your uh, expectations, or was it different? Hmm. Actually, I I replay this game from time to time because, yeah, sometimes I I just have a, you know, a lazy Sunday and and don't know what to do. And I think, oh, yeah, let's do a round of Street Fighter. Yeah, it's a really good game for that. Yeah. So so I've played this game a ton over the years as well. So it's hard to say if it's like when I... It's pretty much always been the same to me. Um, I remember figuring it out when I was like, I don't know, 12 years old mm. and and just no idea how a, a car works or an engine works and just randomly clicking all the parts and, and yeah. the game would yell at me for that doesn't fit or or yeah it, it calls you names doesn't it like oh. it calls you klutz or whatever this <laughs> mess yeah. klutz yeah so i remember figuring that out and i felt really proud when i did so yeah that's what i remember um but but who uh, florian have you have you played it? Have you heard of it? Well, I have heard of it since the beginning of DOS Game Club because you told me how great it is. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I, I hadn't played it before December, uh, mm. November it was. Yeah. And and probably not heard of it before the club either. 
I'm not so sure. Um, mm. Well, um, the beginning of the club is so far away that my memory is actually starting to fade. So <laughs> I'm not sure. I might have heard okay. about it before. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure if this is a famous game or not. That's that's what I'm trying to decide. Because it's famous to me, because I've always played it. But it's not like Need for Speed or something, you know? It's not... I never came into contact with it when I was mm. originally playing DOS games. It's just the first, like like uh, Florian, I'd, I'd not heard about it before you started to talk about it. And uh, right. just never came up on my radar. Yeah. it's. I guess it's sort of obscure, but then... We got quite a lot of response on Twitter as well from people saying, "Oh yeah, I remember this." So yeah, it's definitely got a like a cult following. I see that now. Yeah, exactly. So what did you think, Rob? Yeah, yeah. So I, I um, saw you make it uh, game of the month, and you were so enthusiastic about it. I thought, right, well, there must be something here. Mm. So I just got it straight away and started playing it. Um, and yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I've been playing it. A bit on the laptop, a bit on the phone, works fine on the phone. Um, it's just one of those games you can just dip into, so it's really accessible hmm. and uh, really satisfying. Um, it's I feel like it's several mini-games in one, and we'll talk about yeah. this later, but all the different sort of sections like working in the garage and uh, the racing, it's yeah. lots of uh, individual kind of screens joined together. And um, yeah, no, it works really well. It's funny that you say that it was accessible because I, I guess it sort of is. You can just start playing really, but it's also not very accessible in a way because... It can yeah. punish you if you um, are just sort of, you know, just trying it out, I guess, um, until yeah. you until you learn how to put things together in the right way and how to race successfully. I guess it could bite you. Um, but once you get the hang of it, you can really uh, get some satisfying results out of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jonas, have, have you played this game before? No, I haven't played it before. And uh, since you recommended it, and uh, I thought, well, okay, I might give it a try. Okay. And uh, I have to admit, I didn't really like it uh, in the beginning. Mm. But the first thing that I did was to turn off the music. <laughs> I think that's, uh, <laughs> that's a wise choice. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, other than that, so it can be, I think, overwhelming when you start. So you have to figure out um, which kind of parts to buy and which parts to fit. And But once you get familiar with the game, uh, I was surprised that uh, there's a lot of depth to it and uh, uh, so many options. And so I really enjoyed it then and, yeah, played it uh, till the end. That's cool. You actually beat it. Like yeah. You beat Otvar. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, you had some success with it. That's impressive. No, I, te I tend to, to stick uh, with challenges. And uh, mm. so I, I, had to, I had to beat the king. Yeah, exactly. But it, it is sort of that kind of game that once you, you sort of, once you, it intrigues you, you can't really... Let it go un yeah. unless you reach the end. Yeah, a lot of the, the racing is a little, I mean, we'll talk about this, but it's, it feels a bit arcadey, and that kind of means that um, there's a technique to how you accelerate, how you turn, and it's mm. kind of a lot in the feel of the controls. And once you've got that, like an arcade game, you can, you can do well. But yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah, exactly. So, so you haven't heard of it either before, before now, Jonas? No, um, but yeah, I I also wonder um, how well known this game was or, or yeah. still is, maybe. 
And uh, since you mentioned needs for speed, I mean, perhaps it, it has been an inspiration for the developers, though I don't know when the first version came out. Was in the early 90s? I think the first need for speed is after this. Um, yeah. Although I, I think need for speed was also very much inspired by uh, Test Drive, oh, right. and, oh, yeah, yeah. which was a series that ran in the 80s already. So I, I think this game was also very much influenced by Test Drive, to be honest. It, uh, it's really Test Drive, but also with a whole car upgrade mechanic added as well. There were a lot of different cars in Test Drive as well. There were a lot of different yeah. models you could uh, drive. Exactly. Just like this game. Yeah. If you got all the expansion discs, right? The original game has only two cars, if I remember correctly. I, I don't remember which car. I've I've always played with all the expansions since forever. So I yeah, I, I think it's it's a Ferrari and a Porsche, maybe. Mm, right. I should know because because I uh, you gifted me the big box one. Yeah, that was cool. It's, <laughs> it's, it's it was very cool of me to give you this game. I just wanted you to have it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy to have it. But it's not a hot topic of this month, right? We'll play test drive one other month. Yeah, 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 for sure. So Otvar, did did. Did you play it? I think you did, actually. Uh, yeah, I played it back in the day. I, I, I was trying to figure out what the um, the uh, system requirements were, because I don't know if it, I played it on our 286 or 386, but mm. uh, I certainly remember the graphics quite well. And um, I was actually trying to figure out if I played Street Road or the uh, sequel Street Road 2, because um, I wasn't sure, but it's not easy to know because they look exactly the same. <laughs> Did you finish it? Because if you finish Street Rod 2, then wow. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. The, the sequel is insanely hard. It's just, it's <laughs> beyond fun, to be honest. It's, it makes no sense. But it does look very, very similar. Yeah, so. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I finished either. I think I was uh, quite young at the time and it was, I'm more impressed that I, um, you know, managed to figure out how to, change the engine and mm. like unscrew it and all that technical stuff because um, it can, it's quite complicated but I, I really like that it just sets up the systems and it doesn't really handhold you at all it's just like yeah, here's the things you can do you know you can uh, change the engine you can uh, buy some, some some parts and you know go ahead knock yourself out spend all yeah. your money on something that you can't use together and uh, <laughs> you kind of have to restart if you have a, a Ford car and, and you spend all of your money on a General Motors transmission, Ooh. the game's not even warning you. It's just, okay, and yeah. then... <laughs> but luckily, that's something that you learn really quickly. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you do it you do it wrong once, maybe you do it wrong twice, but the third time, you will know what to do. Yeah, but I mean, if that was the modern game, it would say, hey, uh, yeah. you're buying a General Motors <laughs> oh, transmission. Yeah, sure. Do you really want to do that? <laughs> but here we just, uh, yeah, go ahead, <laughs> do something stupid. I, I think maybe maybe that's the whole point of the game is to let you make mistakes and then insult you for it. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely. The other thing <laughs> I, I remember from it, from the back in the day is, uh, you know, Race for the Pink Slip. Hmm. I had no idea what that meant. I, probably, I thought it was, you know, some sort of slang. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd never heard of that before. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So not, not just me then. <laughs> Same. I think it's in Greece. Like in that film, I think they, they race for the pink slip at one point, mm. which means uh, one of them is going to lose their car. Oh. I think in America, the, the the license that says you own the car is a pink card. So Yes, that's right. But uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, no. A young age, age eight, young boy growing <laughs> up in, in yeah. north of Europe. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I I have some good memories, and uh, I think that look, you know, compared to 
with the test drive is kind of that classic DOS racing game. You know, when you crash, everything goes like, yeah, I remember each sort of uh, impact on the window, mm. you know, being drawn one by one because the system was overloaded. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Then you probably played it on your 286 because I think it should run on such a system. Mm. So... Yeah, it's 89, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So did you have like a, a boxed copy or...? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know anyone who has a boxed copy of this game. It's... Uh, I don't... Yeah. It, I think maybe Americans mostly bought it. So it's... I mean, we'll come into this later, but it was created by a Polish company, but in America? Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about this later, but it's actually, it's actually quite interesting. It was developed in Poland, which, I mean, it's sort of interesting in itself. I mean, okay, game developed in Poland, that's sort of unusual, right? Not anymore. Well, exactly. It, it's, less, it's way less uh, impressive now or, or, or remarkable now. Um, because back when this game was developed, it was still sort of under Soviet control. It was part of the Eastern Bloc. So, yeah, you had the, all these satellite nations bordering Soviet Russia and, well, between Western Europe and, and uh, Soviet Russia. Um, so it was, yeah, it was behind the Iron Curtain. It was hmm. not, not so straightforward to interact with the West from there. Um, so it's it's quite remarkable in that regard that they that they made this game and released it into the West, like onto the West market. So, but when it was released, it was uh, initially pulled from the uh, from the MS DOS uh, game store, right? Because of all the bugs. Is that so? Did you did you read that or? Oh no, maybe I'm mixing with another Polish game. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they didn't crunch as hard for this one i uh i don't know but yeah (laughs) um so let's see the premise of this game is basically that you i think you spend like one summer or something it's like one summer where you have all the time in the world to race and and build cars and then to beat the king of the neighborhood i guess uh, so it's it's basically just a street racing game over a summer. I I imagining that you're some kind of high school kid or something, or maybe a student. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I took it to be. Like you're on holiday from school. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me. Because there's also this calendar in your garage, right? Which only has one month. I think September or August, something like that. So yeah, obviously something starts that that makes the game run out of time for you so yeah i never really um i I was going to ask this uh, whether anybody had a good idea of what took time how how time passed and uh, all of the different um bits of work that you do on your car take a certain amount of time but i never really got a good idea of how long hmm i think it's more difficult in the first game to figure this out in the second game it's a it's a little bit more relevant because they put extra events on the calendar, mm. which you want to make. So it's not just an end you're working towards, but there's also weekends or other races on specific days. Yeah. Um, I think time progresses just when you click something. That's right. my feeling. Is there a end screen that tells you that you've um, used all the time and now it's back to school or something? Totally. Yeah, totally. Hmm. 
uh, you can beat the king or not. And and if you don't beat the king in time, then it's just it throws you back to the menu. Like okay, that's yeah. Mm. Oh, that's that's the one death screen that Josie missed, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, actually, I ran out of time. Oh. Uh, so I challenged the king. I lost the race and I had to re-qualify. Hmm. But then I realized, oh, <laughs> uh, time is over and I was thrown back to the main screen. <sighs> but luckily I had some safe games. Did it give you a message? Uh, I It does give you a message. I can't remember though. I think it doesn't, it, it doesn't warn you, does it? No. It, it just, it tells you when it's already over. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do anything about it. <laughs> up to you. Up to you to keep no. an eye on the calendar. Yeah. Yeah, I was quite surprised. <laughs> <laughs> because the game also doesn't tell you at the start that there is this time limit. No, Just... that's true. Yeah, I went into the yeah. game having gotten a lot of uh, advice from people like Martin uh, who had played the game before. And so I guess I, I wouldn't have... Uh, if I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't have had any of this information and yeah, it would have been a lot harder. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the, the game doesn't tell you a whole lot. And it's really, it's it's about discovering all this stuff. That's like half the gameplay is just figuring out how it all works. I think maybe we should just go over the gameplay like step by step because that's, well, that's really the way you experience this game, right? If you start it up, then it immediately throws you... To this garage, I think that's the one of the first screens after you've. I think like it throws you a paper, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's it. And then, uh, yeah, so you can look at the uh, advertisements and there's cars and there's parts, but the game doesn't tell you anything. Like, you know, maybe you should buy a car. Yeah, <laughs> it's like hey, it's a paper. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it, it just opens with the the used car section of the newspaper without telling you that that you should buy a car. I don't know. I feel like it opens on an empty garage, doesn't it? And uh, you have to click on the uh, the newspaper to find out. I could be wrong, but uh, it's like strange that you've got nothing in the garage. Uh, yeah, no, it, it starts with the paper, but I think if you just click, it, it goes to the garage. Oh, okay, okay. Right. And then you have this empty garage, which I guess is implying there should be a car there, but never tells you. So <laughs> you, you could easily play this game without doing a race ever. <laughs> but uh, imagine if the game like had a hand-holding, like, hey, you know, uh, this is uh, what you should do now, and the next step is this, and hey, why don't you let me buy a car for you while you're at it? You know, it's I think it's really cool or really refreshing to just sort of, here's your garage, now knock yourself out. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely agree. Yeah. yeah, it would not have been a better game if it helped you more. And also the garage is like the way it's the menu, basically. Mm. You have to mouse over all of the different bits in the garage to work out what they do. bit like a point-and-click adventure, right? Yeah. So I was actually hunting the screen for things that I could actually, that I could click. And it took me quite a while to figure out how to swap out the car. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize I could just click um, the title that mm-hmm. said what car I had in the garage right now. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Or yeah, some, some other things are just a bit obscure. Yeah, you have to click uh, some kind of list that's hanging in the back wall uh, to sell parts. It doesn't tell you that. that, Because there's also lots of items in the garage that don't do anything. (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's kind of classic, a a classic user interface for for DOS games, I feel. Yeah. How long was it before people found the drinks bottle? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty quickly for me. Don't drink and drive, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, yeah, the game opens on the newspaper and you can, well, the goal is to buy a car, although the game doesn't tell you. But but once you decide that you want to buy a car, um, it's just a big list of cars, right? Mm. It's all different brands and different prices and different different everything, really. And again, I really love that it's uh, it's just like as if it was a newspaper. It just says, you know, you know, well kept, uh, good order. You know, could use some upgrades. Yeah. It doesn't say, you know, this is speed five and handling ten. No, it just says it, this was an old lady's car and only <laughs> used for the supermarket rides, and it's perfect. <laughs> and I think sometimes it has useful stuff, but it doesn't always like it doesn't always um, mention if it's a automatic. Some, but sometimes it will point out like, hey, this is a manual. Mm-hmm. It had one one very useful comment that was the car of your dreams, which is I think the fastest <laughs> car that you can get, right? The um, sixty three, um, what is it? Corvette. Corvette. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of cars I think that that you can max out, but. Uh, I mean, they're equally the fastest. I, I don't think there's just there's one car that's the fastest. But yeah, it's it it is implied that the Corvette, the '63 Corvette, is like the top of the line car. It's also the one the king drives. So yeah, yeah. And the uh, the four Thunderbird is probably the sort of same stat one. Yeah, exactly. But um, you don't you don't have money for this at the uh-huh. beginning at all, do you? <laughs> I mean, you can't just. You can't just buy a Corvette and 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 win the game. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't remember actually. Do I you think start you start there? with seven hundred and fifty dollars, right? I think, right. yeah, and probably only a couple of different sort of price ranges that you can or cars that you can afford that are that or less. Um, and yeah, so you've got a bit of choice, but not much to begin with. Yeah, and and you probably don't want to spend all your money just on the car um because then uh, well to me that's like the meat of the game is really upgrading the cars to me that's i mean it is a sequence of mini games but i feel this is one of the main ones yeah I, I, but it's also the easiest one right i mean once you figured out how it works well there's not so much mystery to it uh, i guess not but it's very different from any other racing game that I know. Oh, yeah. You have to put a lot of thought into it, and a lot of people might not, um, you know, they might want to avoid that and uh, take the easy route. But uh, if you actually take your time, then you can get a better setup. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and well, you can swap out all different kinds of parts. I've, I've, I struggle to think of a single other game that comes close to this approach. I mean... Swapping out the engine is one thing, but in this game you can replace the cylinder block uh, separately from the manifold, and then you can install carburetors on top. I mean, that's just kind of crazy, right? I think it's super cool because it's uh, it's a ra- well, it, it is a racing game, but it's uh, so much more, and it's uh, like the whole managing your your car, um, and uh, like it's fiddly, but. Um, I, I just think it's cool that they've gone like full in mm. to to include like a it's a car car management sim almost <laughs> definitely. I think you think a lot of people would um, be uh, sort of not impressed by that if in, in a modern game, but uh, I guess it. So I think it's like a a, a racing slash car management sim uh, hybrid game because you kind of need to enjoy both parts if you want to do well. Mm-hmm. And there's there's lots of customizations that you can do to your car, right? We we talked about the engine, but there's more things that you can do. Yeah, for sure. 
You can replace the transmission. I think there are four different transmissions for each brand. Then you can swap out different kinds of tires. Yeah. You can do some bodywork. You can um, chop the roof of your car. You can remove the bumpers. Yeah. I guess to save safe weight does it does it make the car faster actually or does it just it does yeah oh. and taking the bumpers off adds about three miles an hour i found oh wow yes. yeah do stickers also add speed no ah. <laughs> in the 60s i think they still used steel for everything so it's it's quite a lot of weight i, I imagine yeah right. it all has an effect it all has some sort of effect usually to increase your top speed which you can check on the paperwork yeah. on the desk in the garage um the tires don't seem to add any speed, but um, I think Martin said that they can let you corner faster without, um, you know, slipping off the road. Yeah. The slick racing tyres, which are the most expensive ones, are, um, are better at cornering. And uh, all of the other parts, like the transmission, the manifold, the carburetors, they come in different flavours. You know, they have, uh, well, they have one specific to the different brands of, of cars. Um, lots of different models of cars, but there's three different um, brands of the parts. What they are General Motors, Chrysler, and Ford make the bits basically, and they don't all fit with all cars. So you kind of need to go know which ones fit with your model of car. Yeah. And at the bottom of the list, you've got the really expensive options, which are the racing versions, which give you like the racing transmission, racing carburetors, which uh, give you the highest speeds when you put yeah, it together. Yeah, most performance. Yeah, exactly. I think this is the part that confused me the most as a kid, is that there there are the three main brands, General Motors, Ford and, and Chrysler, which I think is also... Accurate. I mean, I think those are the the three main brands in in American car industry. I guess. But those are not the names that you actually encounter when you're browsing for a car, right? Because then you see names like uh, Dodge or or Pontiac or Oldsmobile or Plymouth or yeah. You probably need some uh, knowledge of that, right? Yeah. And or, or figure it out through the game. Does the manual explain it? I can't remember. I don't know. Oh, I never see. had a manual with this game. <laughs> I, I just opened it a couple minutes ago. Uh, let's scroll through it. It's, it's a very beautiful manual, by the way. Yeah. Hmm. It has lots of photos from, from diners. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> not even cars. Every third page or so is a photo from a diner. It's very cool. Very um, modern looking. Huh. Put it up on the forum. I'd love to see the pictures. Yeah. But I, I did have to look up... Um, the parts and what went with what a few times. Yeah, but it's it's also accurate. I think. I mean, even if the manual doesn't tell you, you could just you could just Google this. I mean, you could just Google is Plymouth uh, Chrysler, and it will tell you. <laughs> well, yeah. you can do nowadays. But when you first played it, mm. you probably couldn't. No. No, no, definitely. Mm. I guess it was also aimed at people who were actually into cars. And I guess if you're into cars in the 80s, you probably know all of this. Yeah, I think a lot of Americans know this stuff, especially if they're car enthusiasts. So, but I, 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 I as a kid, I remember making a whole list. I was just, you know, sheets of paper writing down Plymouth, Mercury, Valiant, and then if it's General Motors or Chrysler or Ford. So, mm. I don't know... If my mom ever found that, I'm like, what's this? <laughs> this is not homework. But yeah. <laughs> I just went with a few brands that I actually knew and <laughs> stuck to those. So that well, that's that's possible as well. I mean, if you're like, a, I don't know, a Ford fan, you can just play the whole game 
with just Ford stuff and ignore the rest. Yeah, I've got a game. I've got a uh, game that I saved that I was trying to collect as many Corvettes as I could. <laughs> <laughs> nice from different eras as well. From different- yeah, different years because I like the look of them and I wanted to try and work out which ones were which. <laughs> That's another thing I remember when I played this as a kid. I, I just liked having this car collection. Like in my yeah. in my imagination, I was just a car collector, really, and not a street racer at all. <laughs> when I first started playing, I didn't really uh, realize that you could have lots and lots of cars until I started to mm. win them or be able to afford them and buy new ones. And suddenly I had like three really cool looking cars in my garage. And I'm like, wow, yeah, I, yeah, this is this feels good. Just enjoy swapping them out and looking at yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> and making sure they're all in perfect condition exactly. or getting exactly. the right parts for them, and you can just tinker. Yeah, and you can you can actually tinker. That's the that's the most bizarre thing I think is that mm-hmm. like upgrading all these parts is not going through a menu like it is in almost every other game I can think of. Like, if you want to upgrade a part in any racing game, you just go to the menu and press upgrade, right? But in this game, you actually unscrew the screw. You've got to take it out, yeah. (laughs) That's, oh man. But it really makes you feel like you're tinkering. So that's that's really cool. Didn't, didn't you make music for My Summer Car? That is true. That is true. I have made some songs that are in this game, My Summer Car, which is a modern game. Uh, and it it's sort of in this vein. Um, it takes it to a whole new level, though. Uh, it's, it's, it's basically Street Road, but then in, in very minute details. Uh, yeah. But you can also unscrew screws and install parts. So, yeah. It is similar in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all the the, the, the upgrading mini stuff, uh, mini game stuff. Um, for, for I have one question concerning upgrades. Um, so you can also change the color of your car, and you can put stickers onto them. So do stickers actually do something? I think someone mentioned that cool stickers make it more likely that people will actually race you. Yeah, I can't remember whether it's in the manual or whether it was just kind of hearsay. But stickers, I think, were supposed to make you um, a bit more interesting to opponents and make them more likely to accept your challenges when they might not have otherwise. And um, also, if they're not accepting your challenges and you change the colour of your car, I think that's supposed to help. It just make you a bit more interesting. I don't know. But sometimes it worked for me, sometimes it didn't. Um, And I also, I think, stickers are supposed opposed to um add value to your car if you want oh. to sell it oh. um, but this didn't work for me i try in fact i tried it um with a save game and uh, the car with the sticker on it actually made less money <laughs> <laughs> well so. i think it would though if you think about it you think well who wants to buy a car with the sticker on it? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah maybe maybe it hadn't thought of it on the sticker yeah so, maybe yeah it does say in the manual that uh, some some guys are impressed by how cool your car looks and will be more willing to race you. So the better your your car looks, the better paint job and stickers, etc., the cooler you'll be. The real question is: Is that really in the game, or do they just write it in the manual so that you <laughs> tinker with it? And then people start saying, "Yeah, you know, you have to change the visuals of your car." Well, how, and how it's, can it's you just tell? A, you know, <laughs> they probably do like a uh, you know they take the whole of your car and and do sort of an assessment of how how cool it is based on a very Machine learning algorithm <laughs> from the eighties. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. It, it's really a car fanatic sort of thing, right? It's like 
Yeah, this is what car fans are like, aren't they? Another um, thing that that plays into the same direction is um, something I, I just learned today when I was watching a video of the game that you can actually pop the hood of of cars that you want to challenge. Mm. So it's like these guys are all meeting on the parking lot of this diner, and you're just looking at what what engine do you have? And yeah, yeah. Like you're you're part of this scene, like the the car lover scene and the car racing scene that's um <laughs> because that that's the next big thing of this game right i mean the the whole garage and the upgrade that's that's a major part of this game but the other half is basically just hanging out at the diner uh you can drive to, you you can't even really choose where you drive if you if you click the exit of the garage you just go to bob's diner that's the only place you know where you <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say this. Um, it's it would be really great if you could actually drive freely around the town because mm. you can go yeah, to the diner. You can you, if you need to refuel, you can go to the fuel station. That's about it, and it's just basically <laughs> yes, a cut. literally it. <laughs> it's like two places in the, in this town. Yeah, but wouldn't it be great if you could actually drive your car like you drive it in a race? You could actually drive it yeah. uh, around the streets, and if you take a wrong turn, you'll have to go around the block or whatever. Not sure the engine can handle uh, crossroads and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not. No, no, but it's still, it's fun. They do show you this little cutscene of you driving there, right? So I was, it, it, I eventually worked out I could skip the cutscene. You just press the button and it, you get straight there. And if I was in a yeah. hurry, then yeah, that worked quite well. Yeah. I think my favorite part is the, uh, the waitress cutscene where... She uh, rollerblades to a car, yeah. hands up a burger, and goes back all the while. You, you know, you're, you're doing nothing else. You're just watching it. <laughs> yeah, you can't do anything. There's a lot of that in that game where you just sit and watch watch things that are happening, right? Yeah. Um, like when you when you swap out the tires of your car, you have oh, to watch yeah. <laughs> oh, each of roll out of the garage in a very slow fashion. Yeah. As of like 20 <laughs> minutes later, you come back to your PC and, oh yeah, look, the, the, the wheels have changed. That's great. And only, only two tires as well. So yeah. like hopefully the other two get done at some point. Oh, yeah, well, maybe it's just perspective, right? So they do yeah. like two at once and the front two that's, at once. That's how the car pros do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's nice for the vibe, I think. It's like you're just... You know, you're soaking up this atmosphere and yeah, yeah, it, it's maybe a little bit forceful because especially with the rollerblade girl, you're, you're, you're playing the game basically at that point. And then she comes in and the whole interaction just stops. You, you, you just have to wait until she's done. Yes, <laughs> it was made for the teenage boys playing the game. Oh, yeah, probably. Probably they wouldn't mind. Yeah. So, yeah. So you drive to this diner. You're kind of looking out of your window, aren't you? Because you can see yeah. the uh, the bottom of the window with the uh, the, the door lock and stuff. Yeah. So it's like you're hanging out there with your arm out of the window, <laughs> waiting for people to come past and challenge them. There's this one thing at the diner that I never understood. So there's the, um, I guess it's the cook or something in the window, and you can order, mm. but clicking it doesn't do anything. Or does it do anything? I've never really... I don't think he does anything. No, you can't interact with the diner at all. It's just... It, I think it's not even a button. I think it's just a sign, like order here for... for yes, I think it has a mouse over that says order. Mm, it doesn't do anything. No, okay. So, so I didn't miss out on anything. No. <laughs> the only thing I know you can do is if you click on the guy in the, the white t-shirt standing outside the diner, then yeah. 
he's yeah. a guy with a phone or something and you can contact yeah. specific opponents because all the opponents have different names. Mm-hmm. And um, if you remember one that you raced and you won and it was easy, then you might be able to get that guy to ring them and uh, they appear in front of you without you having to wait for them. And you could get an easy uh, easy race. It can, can also be um, very important to do that because um, in the late game, maybe you want one of the last remaining faster cars. You want to win them using this... Um, um, race for pink slips option but the guys just never show up but once you know their name you can just go to the guy and tell him hey call call Winnie or whatever sometimes it only gives you the same people doesn't it and it gets a bit frustrating yeah, yeah. And, and Winnie might still uh, might still tell you to buzz off or, or give him a break or something <laughs> And but if you do it three or four times in a row then we'll cave Where's exactly. Down? exactly at one point they'll give up say okay I'll fine I'll race oh, yeah, okay. we'll put a sticker on your car Florian <laughs> <laughs> I had a sticker on there. I think it said Hot Rods. Ah. Who is this guy anyway? I mean, who is this guy standing there? Is he like the the street racing manager? or <laughs> What is he? He doesn't have a name, I don't think. I was looking for a name, but I don't oh. think he has one. I think it just says Call, right? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I think that was one of your advices on the forum, uh, Martin, wasn't it? To go to the diner and make a note of the names because they will be roughly at your skill level. So you can easily beat them later yeah yeah my my secret tip is buy a really sh- like a terrible car the worst car you can you can find go immediately to the diner don't do any upgrades fix nothing just go with the most terrible car to the diner and then just collect like you know five six how many names you want so then you've got a list of people you can beat for sure and then you just head back to the garage do your fixes do your upgrades and then you go challenge those people because, yeah, huh. that, that's that's my secret technique. That's good. That's good. I like that. So, yeah, what basically happens is that you're at the diner and you're waiting. You're with your arm out the window, I imagine. And people just roll by like random yeah. people, right? Uh, and you can race them or, or check out their engine and then race them or, or let them go by. Uh, now, you, there's two different types of race that you can you can challenge them to. Exactly. There's a simple drag race, which is just along a straight bit of road to the county lines and uh, doesn't take very long, but you've just got to get the start right. And um, they're for different stakes, like $10 or $50 or just just for kicks, just for practice. Um, And uh, so you can start off with just a drag race, getting used to how to start well, and uh, especially if you go for a manual transmission um which i tended to do quite early because the automatics aren't very quick no but you need if you've got a manual you need to learn how to uh to shift right because otherwise you could uh drop your transmission and then you have to buy a new one or blow your engine exactly there's no uh rev limiter or anything did anyone else by the way have this issue maybe it was just with my dos box or something that you were going um, full throttle and you try to shift but it would suddenly shift to neutral and blow your engine yes yeah but it's very frustrating i, I don't know if uh, I, I was wondering if it was um my my dos books uh, run, run it on linux or if it was just uh if i didn't have the input correct like maybe you need to tap a lot but i think it's just poor input detection or maybe it's how it's designed i don't know but uh, so a lot of times i would uh it would go into neutral uh, or it would um, drive for a bit, but then suddenly lose speed. It was uh, it was uh, frustrating. Hmm. I think some of the if you wanted to change down a gear, 
um, I think you have to be not accelerating or something because the controls are you can control it with a numpad if you want, but if you uh, wanted to change down for some reason, then you have to be pressing a certain button to do it at the time. Um, uh, so that can get a bit complicated. I found that problem when you uh, are close to an opponent and they they can bash into you, they can run into you, um, or you can run into them. But uh, for some reason, some sometimes when they bashed into me um, I, and I was accelerating, it put me into neutral or um, or changed down a gear or whatever, and suddenly. I'm st- I'm working out how to fix that, and he's off in the distance. Oh wait, they can they can bump into you without that immediately ending the game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're really next to each other, and you'll hear this kind of crunch noise. Huh. Yeah, from from side to side, the cars are indestructible. <laughs> yes, but from back to front, it's <laughs> death immediately. Yeah, <laughs> but even even for for the guy in front, right? So if if you just overtook your opponent and they crash into your backside, uh, that that's that's I- an end. That's 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 the end of the game. It usually says either you're written off or it'll take a certain amount to um, repair, but I don't think it loses you the race. So if if you're about to lose, it can be better to just crash it into a tree, and then if you're not dying, then at least you you won't have to pay. <laughs> yeah. Good philosophy. By the way, I'm I'm a bit surprised by. Um, by how easy it is to get off the road mm. in this game. And then you, you cannot correct for it. And Yeah, it's difficult. So this is the other type of race. We've talked about drag racing. The second one is road racing. So that is um, you you have to drag race the guy and try and get in front of him from the start. But then you go past the county lines and uh, onto the next town, I guess. But it's basically, a, I believe it's a randomly generated um, uh, road layout. Yeah. And um, you have to negotiate your, your way around that. And uh, hopefully you have made it in front of the other guy by that point because overtaking on the actual road is when you're twisting and turning can get really difficult. Um, mm-hmm. And there's yeah. there's lots of obstacles. There's we You want to avoid the, uh, the trees and the rocks on the side of the road. And there's roadworks that get in the way. There's parts of the road where it's a lot thinner. Um, like you can only fit one car down, so there's lots of obstacles in your way, and it's really, really easy to go wrong. If, unless you're concentrating, then it's really easy to uh, crash or to bin it. Yeah, <laughs> and one of the worst obstacles on the track is actually your opponent sometimes, because um, I had it often that that my car would take a bit longer to accelerate, and then I couldn't get past my opponent because they were just like using up three quarters of the road. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they are super super wide those cars it's so even if you are right behind him and you don't think you're going to hit him sometimes it'll think that you hit him and then that's just game over yeah it's not very precise i i think the best strategy is is at the start immediately just hard steer left just <laughs> into them <laughs> that's that's the best strategy i was going to say the exact opposite and kind of, I, I tended to nudge myself right a little bit just to make sure he didn't bash into me, and then no, I'd have a no, clean no, getaway. No, um, no offensive, mate. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah, offensive. you're the other way. That's fair enough. <laughs> because if performed successful, you can actually get a really good gap uh, going. Because if if you drive into him at the right angle, then you can really stall him, and then you're just off in the distance. So <laughs> ah, advanced technique. That's hilarious. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just avoided everything in my path because I, um, to me, the whole cars, they, they all seemed very fragile. Mm, so They are. I, I felt like like just hitting them with, I don't know, a feather. Yeah. <laughs> just make the windscreen <laughs> explode. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like that. But from side to side, there's remarkable uh, structural integrity going on. It's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, one of the best bits of advice I got from you, Martin, when I was first starting out on this, was just stick to the middle of the road. Yeah. Just aim at the middle of the road and nothing bad can happen. There's nothing in the middle of the road that can can hurt you apart from if you've got an opponent in the way. But uh, if you're off to the side, then, you know, there could be roadworks or something like that. And things happen so quickly, especially when you're as fast as your car can go. Things come along really quickly um, graphically and it can be hard to avoid them if you're across the wrong side of the road. So just stick to the middle. It's It can be amazingly exciting uh, for such a, a, a... It's a fairly basic game, right? You say exciting, I, I say stressful. Well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> In a good way. But I've sometimes when, you, when you're going really quickly and you've, you know you've just got to concentrate so hard... Man, I've I've never been so stressed in a game, <laughs> but in a good way though. I mean, if you win, yeah, yeah, absolutely, amazing. yeah. It's it's um it's a thrill to actually complete a game that you thought you were gonna uh, crash in. Uh, did you play the sequel? Yeah, I gave it a go, but only for about yeah. twenty minutes <laughs> because it's so much easier to crash there. Very stressful. The sequel is kind of insane, isn't it, Jonas? I I mean, I I. As I said, I, I stick with challenges, but uh, but this one, as you said, requires true dedication. So yeah, uh, I guess you have to play for for hours every day. It's and, but yeah. it's just so insanely difficult to maneuver around the obstacles, and it doesn't. You have to memorize um, where the obstacles are because otherwise uh, you don't have any chance to react. So by the time you see an obstacle, it's Already, Already too late. Yeah, exactly. That's a good yeah. point about the first game, actually. Another good bit of advice I got was that um, each session in the game, like when you load it up and before you quit, the road uh, layout will be the same. Um, it'll change if you quit out and come back in again. But if you, as long as you stay in the same session, then the road layout will be the same for every race. And you can, once you've done a few races, you can start to learn it that way. And that can really help. Yeah, that's... I think that's a requirement if you want to beat the sequel. Uh, I mean, it's 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 helpful in the first game as well, but there's just so much more objects in the road in the second one. It's insane. Yeah. So I think the first race is just memorization. I mean, just no hope of winning it or whatever. Just, <laughs> yeah, just take all the pointers and the notes and, oh, go left here, go right there, and then load your game and do it for real because... Yeah, that's the only way. And also what makes the sequel really difficult, I don't know how much you played the sequel, Jonas. Well, I think a, a few, uh, 30 minutes, no, yeah. well, that's enough, I think two hours, but ah. I, I couldn't I couldn't manage to, to even uh, uh, win one race because mm. uh, by the time I remember, I mean, I have to say, I was really good then uh, in the end, but the, at the end of the road, there was uh, an obstacle that I just... Um, couldn't maneuver around so mm. i think there is one kind of, of obstacle kind of a damaged road segment where you have to slow down yes but yeah but, but it's really 
really difficult. It's exactly right. It's also, it's crazy difficult. I think you have to go down all the way to like 40 miles an hour, something like that. Oh, And okay. then you can safely go over it and then you have to accelerate again. And otherwise it's just instant death <laughs> uh, if you go over it too fast. So... Yeah, but also the there's a there's a third type of uh, race in the in the sequel called uh, aqueduct racing. Yeah, that's also just impossible uh, because it's 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 very much from the film Greece as well, where they have this aqueduct scene as well, uh, and you have to go onto the walls, right, onto the sides, and yeah, if you do do that too fast or at a wrong angle or whatever, it's also instant death. So yeah, your, your car flips over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's just difficult. Period. It's just yeah, it's it's beyond fun to be honest. I wonder if uh, if the first game was uh, conceived or received as too easy because you know mm. they ramped up the difficulty significantly. Yeah, I think also maybe they just got really good themselves <laughs> and then couldn't really judge anymore. Perhaps too good. Always dangerous. Yeah. But but I really I really wondered whether they, they played their own game because I can't imagine anyone uh finishing that game. It's it's doable, but it's yeah. yeah, it's kind of nuts. So yeah, I think I think we've covered a lot of ground here now. I mean the garage, the upgrade, diner, the racing. There, there are still two more things I want to say about racing. Um, okay. So the first thing is drag races and races for money in general. They are essentially useless, right? I mean, you mm. can win money, but uh, I think the highest amount you can win is $100 or something like that. Yeah. And it, that's really nothing. I mean, it would take you something like 13 races to buy a proper car from that. So mm-hmm. I think it's useful when you're first starting out and maybe you need to get your first upgrades um, and then it gets a bit redundant. Yeah, but yeah. just as, as has been mentioned earlier, you can just um, upgrade the the cheapest car with what you can upgrade with with the money that you have, and just win a couple of of cars. Yeah, so, but then in the end, they they probably they probably noticed that drag races are essentially useless, so they made the king require you to drive <laughs> a certain amount of drag races first. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think I think it's just really scary when you're just starting out. And then this one car is all you have, essentially. So you don't really want to lose it. Right. But on the, on the other hand, you just started the game. So you're not losing really a lot of time. No, that's true. That's that. true. But I think, well, it just felt like a safe option. Just, you know, yeah, race for $10. True. But it it doesn't help you at all. I mean, yeah. then you have $10. Okay, now what? You, uh, and, and also you can um, just do drag racing for kicks. So which means just for... Well, for nothing really, but it will still use up your tires, your yeah. engine yeah. will wear. But yeah. yeah, so time's and, running and out, fuel. your car's ruined. It's just useless. Be- because that's something we haven't even mentioned yet. Mm. Um, all your car parts, they, they do wear they do. all the time, right? So with each race, you lose um, some amount of performance from your engine. Your transmission will go bad, your tires will wear. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've um, noticed when once you've got a fast car and you've got it as fast as you can, you've got all the best bits, it can still wear out. And it, I think I worked out it loses about one mile an hour for every race that you run and don't mm-hmm. fix it. Yeah. Um, so if you need to uh, keep it at the highest speed, which I think is 130 miles an hour is the highest speed a car can achieve in the game. Um, if you're trying to keep it there, then you need to um, 
you know, you need to replace the parts quite often. Yeah, replacing the engine can be, I mean, it's fun the first couple of times, but (laughs) once you've done it 10 times, it gets a bit tedious because you have to remove like, I don't know, six or eight screws and the wire, and then you have to um, screw them all in again. Unless you're Martin, in which case you do that on purpose. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> well, isn't it just great that... Yeah, yeah I agree. It's I mean, good you fun. get into this mindset where, oh, I have to replace the engine. That's a big job. <laughs> and it is. I mean, replacing yeah, the engine is a big job. You've got to click those bolts twice, man. Twice. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I think that's great. Yeah, you have to watch the, the bolts um, fly in from the top of the screen very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the little noise as well. But I did find on, while we're talking about changing parts, um, Quite a good bit of info is that it's not actually to 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 get rid of the worn parts and buy new parts doesn't have to cost much. I um I did a full change of like engine transmission, manifold, carbs, everything, um, old stuff for for brand new stuff. And by the end of it, I was only a couple of hundred dollars down because you actually get quite a good price for your used parts. You you sell them, and you get offered certain amounts for them. And um, yeah, you, you don't actually lose once you've bought the old bits and sold the new bit. Uh, sorry, once you've uh, sold <laughs> the old bits and bought the new bits, you actually you actually don't lose that much money. Yeah, Maybe that's why you got a good deal because you sold uh, the newest one and bought some old stuff. <laughs> yeah. Also, there's there's one tip that someone gave me that you have to decline every first offer that you get mm. because usually you will get a better offer second time and third time they will just tell you to go to hell. When you're selling the whole car, oh, yeah. you, um, car. You, you, I usually, because you say, how much am I expecting to uh, to get from the buyer? And so I look in the newspaper and see what that type of car is is going for and say that, request that. And they, because it's not a massive amount over what it's, it's worth, they say, okay, will you take blah? Mm-hmm. And um, you get a certain amount, but if you say no to that and accept the second offer, which will be slightly higher, then that's better. But yeah, you can yeah. only do that twice. Otherwise, they say go to hell. You know. Yeah. Well, you can actually negotiate your your way down. Um, so, say you're offering, I don't know, you're asking fifteen hundred dollars, and they say no, I want thousand. And then you can say, well, what about fourteen hundred? And they will go, mm. well, what about twelve hundred? And you can sort of work your way up to. A reasonable price so yeah that's another one of those mini games really it's, it's yeah you know i i tried um doing it the the lazy way i started with like an excessive amount of money that i asked like five thousand dollars oh yeah <laughs> they won't even they're like yeah yeah right and then then i i went down in, in steps of one thousand dollars and i was like what no 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 oh are you kidding of course i'll take it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah no no i've wasted money uh, the worst the worst is when they accept just your first one immediately like you put in uh, i don't know a thousand and like oh really oh, sure and then it's gone it's like oh maybe 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 it was too low there's an art to it for sure yeah yeah i i think we've covered quite a lot of the yes, wait no there's that was only one of the things i i wanted to mention there oh that's only one of the things there's... what's the what's the second yes the second thing is um the transmissions in this game they are weird um at least i feel they are weird because in the highest gear you still usually have to pay attention that you don't over rev the car yeah which just means that it's not set up right yeah it just means you're, you you need one more gear really right but i think um please correct me if um, that's something that i just found out i think yesterday 
that you when you have the, the best engine and then you get the racing transmission and you can just hold it at 130, right? And it won't overref. Mm. As long as your engine is this um, perfectly tuned and I spent a lot of time over- with uh, cars with racing everything basically. That was I tended to build money up and build money up with with simple stuff until I had enough to buy racing transmission, racing carbs, racing manifold, racing everything. And then put that into whatever good car I had. And no, you still it still hits uh, the rev limit huh. um, yeah. at 130. It's just I see it as another added challenge that they give you. You've got uh, you've got a fast car. You've got as sort of fast as you can get it. But you, there's this other thing you have to pay attention to whilst you're stressing about not hitting everything yeah. during the race. Is that when you hear that high tone of the revs, and you've got to maybe back off a bit. Hmm. I wonder. Um, the oldest car that I've ever driven was from eighty something, and did cars in the sixties did that happen? Could you over rev in the highest gear? I don't know. They they didn't have a whole lot of gears, though. I mean, a lot of these cars only had three gears, which... But the highest one I would expect is um, laid out such that you can't possibly over-ref with the power that the engine generates. I, I don't know. Uh, well, you're you're also installing, like, not stock stuff, right? You're installing... But even the stock stuff, that... that... Uh, has the same issue, but earlier with lower rev refs. Yeah, I don't know. Particularly as you have to uh, retune your engine every now and again as well. That's something mm. that it, you need to do regularly. Is when you've had a race and you take it back to the garage, you, you have a look at your engine and it's um, it needs tuning basically. Yeah. And if you don't retune it, then you lose performance. Um, and it's got a little arrow that you can aim at. And uh, if, as long as you retune it to that. Um, then you'll get the best performance with what you've got. I, I think this was a, something in the manual uh, that they actually said wasn't right. It says, I think, in the manual that um, you can detune your engine, and if you you tune it up, then it'll be really good in drag races, and if you tune it down, then it'll be better for road races, that sort of thing. But I think, actually, it turns out that that's not true, and you just need to tune it to that arrow that it gives you to get the most efficient, the most sort of uh, uh, successful kind of setup. Uh, but I think the manual was wrong or something. I, I think I read that somewhere. I'm wondering, uh, does this also affect how much the engine wears down, whether it's tuned or not? Hmm. I don't know. Makes sense. That's a good question. I love how it really makes you feel like an expert. <laughs> because there's really nothing to this tuning at all. It's just setting <laughs> it to the arrow. But if someone was to look over your shoulder and they don't know what's going on, then you can just see, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm tuning this engine. I, I know what I'm doing here. It's just, just the just right the... level of complexity. Yeah, you, have to, you have to listen to it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look, yeah, I know what I'm doing in the summer. I got a, 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 an unnamed uh, carburetor that I'm going to try out and tune my... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. It's, it's, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it does add to the atmosphere, I feel. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. The other thing with the atmosphere that we didn't mention is that the uh, in the introduction it does also say that um, you want to impress this girl called Becky Sue, but uh, you know she wouldn't look at you mm. uh, currently. But if you get a cool car and if you can beat the king, then you know then she'll definitely be interested in you. Uh, it later turns out that she's uh, the king's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, she's she's just anyone's girlfriend who is the best racer, really. Yeah. So she knows what she's looking for. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, this seems like a really uh, stable relationship. (laughs) (laughs) 
So it is a romantic game, really. <laughs> it is. It is really because it. It. Uh, I mean, you. You. You beat the king. That's one thing. But then uh, you bring the girl back to your garage, and and she gives you a kiss, and that's the real ending. So, yeah, it is. In the end, this is a, a relationship manager. <laughs> <laughs> It's a romance game, yeah. That was the thing I didn't like. I, I, I beat the king a couple of times, and um, I was always a little bit disappointed. You've, you've won, and his car appears in your garage, and yeah, you the girl's giving you a kiss and stuff, and then you've got this fantastic car that uh, he's been taunting you with the whole time, but you can't drive it. It just no. goes like, you, you beat him, that's the end yeah. of the game, Yeah, um, and <laughs> you, don't, uh, you don't get to... To, to drive his fantastic car, but it did occur to me, you've just beaten that car um, yeah. with a better car. Yeah, uh, so, so I, you don't really need to. But it, it would have been that's, nice. That's a '63 Corvette, right? And yeah. you can get a '63 Corvette. I beat yeah. him in a '63 Corvette. Yeah, and my one was blue. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> but it's uh, it would have been. It, I think it would have been fun if you could like drive around with his car just for the hell of it. Just, just to taunt him again. Right? Yeah. yeah. It would have made a good ending cutscene, I feel. Just yeah. driving around endlessly in his in his Corvette. <laughs> By the way, black is not one of the color options that you can spray. No. Your car no. Oh, that's that's really sad, isn't it? It's a special king that's, that's color. The, that's the biggest mistake they make in the game. <laughs> yeah. It's. I also think he has unique stickers which you can't choose. So yeah, custom made. <laughs> yeah, custom. King. He knows a guy. He knows a guy. <laughs> no, no, he makes them himself. Ah, uh, <laughs> it's his real hobby. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So uh, we mentioned at the start that this game was made in uh, in Soviet Poland in the eighties. I think we should talk a little bit about that because it's actually quite an interesting little, well, it, it gives the game some extra, I don't know, something extra, which you might not expect. I mean, it, it, the game doesn't really give the impression at all. It's it's like very American. I would have so. never have guessed its interesting yeah. history at e- all. Even the, uh, you know, the company that's at the California games. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, uh, California Dreams, I think. Uh, sorry, yes. Yeah, yeah, which is not... A very Soviet-sounding name, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> well, it's not—it's not excellent. I'll—I'll it, I'll, um, maybe we should just dive into this stuff now because I've done a little research. Although I must also say that a lot of this stuff um, came to us through a post on the forums. Uh, someone who was very knowledgeable he posted onto our forums this whole history stuff. Uh, so I'll—I'll I'll put a link. Along with the with the post uh, to this to this podcast, um, the thread is called California Dreams Origins, and I think the, the the person posting this is from Poland themselves. And yeah, posted this whole history. It's really nice and detailed. So if you want to dive in really into how the, all this stuff happened, then I really recommend. I guess we should quickly name. Tell the name. It's it's um, Raj underscore PL. Yes, exactly. So so this thank you Raj PL for for posting these because I I really think this this added a lot that I did not know and I've been playing this game forever. So yeah, it's cool. Um, what it basically comes down to is that there was this person Lukian Daniel Wenzel, and he was a Polish businessman. But he was living in California. And 
1983, he became really interested in this whole computer thing that was, you know, coming big and, and booming. And I guess he was in Silicon Valley, I imagine. He was in California anyway. So he was into this computer stuff and, and he was from Poland, which was by then or then still under Soviet control, because that's that's what happened after the Second World War, right? Uh then like the the allies and the soviets basically split europe in two so i guess this is fairly common knowledge but if you're really young then this is important and you should know this <laughs> um so yeah there was not a lot of interaction between the west and the east but this guy lukian he was he was able to communicate with Poland and with the West just fine because he lived in California and he knew a lot of people back in Poland. His, his mom uh, lived back in Poland. So that's when he decided maybe I should start uh, a software company, but actually I'll start two software companies, one in California and one in Poland. And the one in Poland was called PZ Karen Company Development Group. Uh, I think PZ is like LLC, you know, in Poland, it's like what a what a business is called. So the name is just Karen, really, which I think is his wife's name or his mom's name, something like that, like a, a relative of him. And the, the company in California was called Logical Design Works and Logical Design LD are the same initials as his own name, Lukian Daniel. So, yeah, it's basically Lukian Daniel Works. Um, now he ran the company in California basically by himself. And then his mom ran the, ran the Polish part from Poland. And the idea was to recruit Polish computer science students because there was a big university in Warsaw, the capital of Poland. And yeah, there were these young computer students interested in programming and games and all this stuff. And he would offer them a job to work for him and to develop games in Poland, and he would sell them in California to to the whole Western market. Yeah, this this basically made him lots of money because there was a big price difference between what people got paid in the Soviet Union versus outside of it and in the West. So I read this one story, for example, when they just started out, they were just looking for things to do and they weren't really, you know, coming up with their own projects yet. And they they stumbled upon someone who wanted to make a Commodore 64 game in America uh, called Bumblebee. So they figured it would be cool to have the music uh, flight of the Bumblebee to, you know, playing while playing this game in the background. So so they hired actually Lukian to, to fix this. And he gave the job to a guy in Poland, just, you know, make sure you get the, the, the music of this, this famous piece, Flight of the Bumblebee, get it into the Commodore 64. And this one job paid enough money to basically buy an apartment in Poland. So, you know, this is like, and this is, I, I don't know, I didn't read like an exact amount or anything. This just tells you something about the insane price difference. Well, there was actually not just money, but also a huge perk of working for this was the ability to travel to America, which was something that people in Poland were really enthusiastic about because the, actually they were really interested in, in Western films, American films, and play all the latest games and see all the latest computers and all that stuff. So 
I, I read in um, a Polish magazine there was this piece on on this guy and this company, and there it said that one of the major perks that was that they would fly out these students once or twice a year to California and just have them there for a business meeting or whatever. But then they would spend all day watching films and playing games and just, yeah, must have been pretty amazing if you're living in Poland in the 80s. So that's kind of a cool history, right? That's, uh, you wouldn't think that. So, yeah, that's how they started out. Uh, in 87, they started making their own games. And that's when they set up uh, California Dreams, because at this point, it was just a like a, a work for hire sort of company. But uh, California Dreams is actually the name of their own publishing house, which they set up in America. And so they would develop games in Poland still, but they would publish them through California Dreams in America. And one of their more well-known games is this game called Breakout, which is a, like a 3D Tetris clone. Uh, Blockout, you mean, I think. Right? Blockout, that's what I mean. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, this is like a really famous game, right? I mean, lots of people played this and uh, was totally made in Poland as well. I think they even tried to get the real Tetris license. That's what I read anyway. But then when that failed and Nintendo got it, then they decided, well, we'll just make a 3D Tetris clone and make it even more awesome than real Tetris. Um, Street Rod. The game was created by five programmers and three artists and one music composer. So, <laughs> yeah, music composer. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we'd all take issue with that. <laughs> but uh, I, I would say that's a sort of sizable team, you know? That's like, yeah. you know, nine people. That's for, for 89. That's, I don't know, that's sort of quite a respectable team. That's not just one guy making this. This is like a serious project. I guess this says something about how, how professional they got by then. Uh, this was not some small hobby thing at all. This was like a serious company making, well, AAA games or, or the equivalent of what that would be back then. Yeah, that's more or less what I have. Let's see. In 91, they made this uh, sequel that we talked about, Street World 2, uh, which was also the last game released by California Dreams. They, they closed down in 93, I think, because by then things had changed quite dramatically. I think there was a revolution in Poland, actually, in 89. And then after that, also the Berlin Wall fell and the whole Soviet Union kind of collapsed. And, well, things, things changed massively, which also kind of... I think it changed the whole dynamics of the whole world and the, the way they interacted. So I think the whole basis for this company didn't really exist anymore because the price difference also disappeared in the 90s. I mean, I'm sure things were cheaper in Poland, but not as much as it was before. And it made it made less sense to do this whole, the way they structured their, their business. I wonder if that was a common practice or if it's, uh, if, if they were kind of a bit... Uh, ahead of the game what do you mean as in having uh you know people working elsewhere in the world where it's cheaper because hmm. i've seen you know you've seen uh obviously there was uh quite a few people who started an office in india and then china and then i think now it's maybe mexico or somewhere uh maybe elsewhere in yeah and it's just uh, milking different or i guess make taking advantage of um of where labor is cheaper comparatively mm-hmm. it is very much that yeah 
And I think I think what made it extra interesting from a business perspective is that not just anyone could start a company in the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. You had to have special access. So, yeah, just a few people could actually pull this off. Yeah, um, it's sort of hard to imagine now, but. Uh, the guy in the in the forum thread explains it really well. You couldn't even really just buy, you know, a somewhat modern computer easily. It was all really under the table sort of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and really, I think they had to set up some kind of importing, exporting business just to get hold of the of the hardware and stuff like that. Because they, do, they, didn't, they didn't just give access for you to import an IBM PC or something. That was just, yeah, it's extra amazing that they pulled this all off and made it as cool as it did. Are these people still around? Are they still working games? Yeah, I think they do. I think a lot of them are still involved in the game industry. Um, I'm not sure about Lukian himself, uh, like the founder of the whole company. I'm... I think he was also born in 49, so I'm not even sure if he's still working at all. But a lot of the programmers still are active in the game industry. So, yeah, just an interesting little something to, to yeah, I don't know. It, I, I feel it gives this game something special that, yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it gives it a lot of color. Yeah. You assume that it's... Um, just its origins are how it looks, you know, from the, the good old US of A and, uh, yeah, from the same place as a lot of games has come, have come from. Yeah, exactly. To, to find out that it's got this different origin story, um, yeah, it gives it a bit more, um, well, it kind of makes you ask questions about the, maybe the problems they had when they were doing it and all sorts of other problems that people in the USA might not have had. Yeah, especially because it's so American. Like, you know, they have the American classic cars. It's the California Dreams logo. It, it just screams yeah. Americanism in, in a good way. But yeah, it's it's more American than, than any American could e- even imagine. It's like... <laughs> it's, it's very cinematic, like the projection America wanted to give. Mm. They're getting yeah. full bore and, and they're, they're, they're putting it into their game. Exactly. And I think I think they were sort of obsessed also with this, you know, American culture through films and, and stuff like that. So yeah. aspirational. Yeah, I think they really idolized it. And then, well, this is the result of that. So that's 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 the whole story, I think. What should we discuss next? Um, so maybe a sequel. So they made a sequel uh how I don't know how, how long after it was, but um uh, we already discussed that it's really hard, but uh, it's interestingly set in a different time period, uh, six years later. So it's, it's set in uh, 69, so you have a few more cars. But apart from that, it's uh, it looks exactly the same. And uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot harder. But apart from that, it's the same game, right? Yeah, they they uh, they pretty much used the same engine and the same everything they had already and just added more cars and parts and and it's more modern cars although just a few years yeah there's a lot more parts to fix and and um replace as well it's not 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 just the uh the gearbox and the carburetors there's mufflers and all sorts of other stuff yeah that's true there's more well there's just more real car parts uh, yeah i think you can change the differential and set the gear ratio maybe it's yeah it's more involved for sure 
maybe because I'd got used to the this original one that we're talking about and that level of complexity. I think once I got over to Street Rod Two, and there was like small elements to uh, to take care of, that was starting to mm-hmm. too many plates spinning. You know? Yeah, it's a bit much. Yeah, yeah, and I think also there's parts that are not necessarily better, but just different. Right. I'm not sure which part it was again, but I think there's a part which makes you accelerate faster but not have a higher top speed and then another one that does the inverse. Mm. That's It's somewhat interesting, but also it makes it all more complicated than, yeah. I think it could take a lot of effort to experiment and work out yeah. those changes for yourself and not crash. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, this is where it turns interesting. So then uh, in 2012, some uh, freelance developer mm. got the copyright ownership of Street Rod uh, and Street Rod 2. Yeah. And then started building Street Rod 3 in a modern engine, uh, which he wants to be, you know, the same game, just with proper 3D rendered cars and um, yeah, modern modern view. But uh, uh, the last update from that was from 2015 when they're, basically saying like, hey, this is still happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking into it and it doesn't look like there's much going on. I think it's a project that they're working on and they're building the models and stuff, but um, nothing much. Mm. It seems to be going slowly, basically. But there's definitely a group that are working on it. Yeah, I th- I think it's, it's two different um, things happening in parallel, actually. There's the Dutch guy... Marco Kleier, he bought a license to Street Rod with the plan to create uh, an online game called Street Rod Online, like a massive multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Everyone's fixing their cars. Everyone can race against everyone else. <laughs> so that that seems pretty cool. Um, and Street Rod Online is still a website, but I think he's abandoned his plans for for that whole thing, mm-hmm. and he pivoted to a card game instead so they actually set up a a kickstarter campaign in 2017 for a card game which i think has been released and you can find more info through street world online about that as well that's nice because the cards the the graphics on the card look exactly like the screen graphics from the game which is quite nice yeah that's cool so i uh I found out about this, and I'm I'm quite interested in card games, especially ones that uh, you can play solo. Yeah. So I ordered a copy of the game, wow. uh, but I didn't realize that that the guy uh, Marco was uh, involved with that. But yeah, you're right; he is listed on their website. Yeah, I th- I think when they abandoned the um, the online thing, I think then they figured, okay, we've got this license. What can we do with it? And then I think they came up with the card game. Mm-hmm. But I think that's. That's separate from Street Rod 3, which is... Yeah, sorry, that was the one I was looking oh, okay, at. Yeah. So that's a whole different project by different people, which I think is just people who are really fans of Street Rod and just want to make it more current, I think. Yeah, yeah. I just saw a few... I mean, if you uh, look for videos for Street Rod 3, there's um, some of the guys going through the models they've made. And there's a few gameplay videos, and I mean the models look quite nice, mm-hmm. um, but the the gameplay looks a little bit like they haven't got the physics engine sorted. You know, it looks a bit weird. Hmm. Yeah, it's probably just hobbyists. Yeah, yeah, it looks like they're trying to put a lot of detail into the parts that you put into your car and stuff like that. So there's a lot yeah. graphically. There's a quite a lot going on. 
but it does seem to be going quite slow. Yeah. It's still interesting to follow. Yeah. I mean, who knows? The other thing I found was that someone made a uh, Street Rod uh, special edition, which is a fan mod. Yeah. I probably played it more than the like the, the base game, actually. Oh, really? It's because I liked the models. You basically, um, you guys might be able to fill in more detail, but as far as I can tell, you get um, different models of car, um, a lot of the same makes, but more um, models and different, so they look different. And it was just, it, it, after playing the original, it did feel quite uh, exotic to suddenly see more cars that looked different. Um, so yeah, I got a kick out of that. I, I, I enjoyed playing the uh, the special edition. Nice. It's got 25 new cars and also eight brand new stickers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think what happened is that the, the same Marco guy who, with the online, uh, like who, he ran the Street Road online website. And I think... I think that it just sort of became a street rod blog. Uh, so yeah, street, things happening in the world of street rod would be published onto this website. And one of the things that he came across was this expansion called the data disc. Some of the copies of street rod, like some of the boxed copies, they have this sticker on it, which mentions the data disc expansion. And... I think eventually he tracked one of the of the copies of it down through eBay, or it was sent to him, something like that. And he packaged it, packaged it into a new release, uh, which uses the the base game and the data disc expansion. Uh, so this is what you if you if you go onto Street Road Online, he offers all the games for download for free, actually. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Um, so yeah, you can you can get the the special edition there as well. This was first released in 2014. I mean, it's based on the data disk expansion, which was from the the original release. But mm-hmm. this this special edition is sort of a new thing. So it's kind of cool that people are still into this. Something a renaissance. Yeah, exactly. And maybe it's also worth mentioning that the game was also released for Commodore 64 originally. So. Originally, it was released for MS-DOS and Com- Commodore 64 in 89. And then a year later, they released a version for the Amiga. And the sequel came out in 91 for both uh, the PC and the Amiga. So, yeah, they dropped the Commodore 64 by then, which I guess was not as relevant anymore in 91. But, yeah, I've not actually played any of these other versions. Um, although I, I do think the Amiga one looks and sounds quite a lot better than the DOS one. Pretty sad that they didn't actually add a proper VGA engine, at least to Street Rod 2. I mean, Street Rod 1, mm. the PC version, came out before the Amiga version. But for Street Rod 2, I guess they could have used the better graphics on the PC as well. Yeah, that's a good point, because... I mean, I'm not saying that that the EGA graphics of the game look, look bad. They're, they're very beautiful in my, my view, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, more colors, yeah. better, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because actually, when you start the game, it gives you this little menu, right? Where you can choose what version you want to launch. Um, and, well, you can you can select VGA, but it it doesn't really do anything beyond the yeah. AGA version. I assume that's a usability option, right? Um, people know, oh, I have a VGA card. I yeah. have to select the VGA option. Yeah. If you just put EGA there, I guess some some people <laughs> might think, oh, well, wait, I don't have any of those cards. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's just, yeah, like you said, it's technically VGA or EGA. I don't know. There's, there's like, they're a subset of each other, right? 
Yeah, so every VGA card can be used in hardware exactly like an EGA card. You have first have to do a few things to make it behave like a VGA card. So every EGA game runs on every VGA card. Exactly. That's why. Exactly. For me, it's not a real DOS game unless you get that menu at the beginning of it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely. By that definition, I think we have covered like 10 games in DOS Game Clubs. <laughs> at most. The sound is really probably the weak spot of this game. It's PC speaker, which 89 is sort of excusable. I think it's extra excusable because it was actually, it was must have been pretty hard for these people to have access to, you know, Sound Blaster cards, Adlib cards. So, because they were in, you know, Soviet Poland. Yeah, but you know, there there are... PC speaker games with with good music. Yeah. Like, um, one of the first games that we played, Grand Prix Circuit, I think it has a, a, an awesome soundtrack. So. Yeah, so it's just, it's I don't know, it's too high-pitched or something. It's it's just... Yeah, yeah. yeah composition isn't... That's great. That one music composer guy, he had a lot to do. <laughs> really busy. <laughs> he had the pressure, and it shows. Well, but, uh, but the score in the second game is far better. That's true. They did add, so they did not add the, the the better graphics, but they did add the better sound in the in the sequel. So, yeah, I mean, I th- I guess they realized <laughs> that going with the PC speaker in '91 was not gonna cut it. So the actual yeah. music, I didn't mind so much after a while. It <laughs> sort of once you get used to it, but it's it's nice to have the option to turn it off. Yes, you do need to work out with the the garage menu where the uh, record player is that you've got to click to turn it off. And uh, it might take a little too long. (laughs) We go crazy. (laughs) But every now and again, I return it back on again. But I think that's uh, that's an interesting point because, uh, uh, I mean, how should I say, I was really uh, overwhelmed, let's say, uh, by the music. And uh, it it was so annoying that, uh, that I had to turn it off. And I can imagine... Uh, somebody else stumbling into this game, uh, I don't know, might immediately quit. <laughs> yeah, but I think at the time it was a little bit more acceptable to have this like PC yeah. speaker. You know, yeah. at the time your PC speaker didn't have a volume knob. So. Oh, oh, sure, yeah. But I also meant people from this year. So yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So if you're if you're playing this game now and and you're screaming and your ears are bleeding <laughs> don't worry just turn it off it's fine i think it goes nowadays i think it fits with the uh the aesthetic of the game quite nicely the, mm. the game looks quite simple graphically yeah, and the music yeah. is pretty simple um but i guess if back in the day you kind of i don't know whether we would have accepted it less or more but now i think it certainly for me it kind of fits So I'm looking at the document and I see some people have assembled some some reviews from back in the day, right? That's always interesting to look at those. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting things that you can see is that the only really good reviews came or were for the Amiga version. Mm. So yeah. I guess they they did a good job on the Amiga version. I guess that's what you can say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The the reviews are sort of mixed, aren't they? Yeah, well, I, th- I think the um the reviews covering um the DOS version, they are not not so mixed. They're more all mid-range. So mm. um 
the only ones that 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 we found are probably the ones from from that Moby Games lists and all the DOS versions. They are like fifty to sixty percent somewhere in that range. That's pretty bad. Well, the Amiga version has a at least um, eighty two out of one hundred points. So. Yeah. What does that say that um, Amiga users have less? Uh, I don't know. Less uh, expectations of their games. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Maybe they just have better taste in games. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that that must be. I yeah. started with an Amiga after all. So, oh, of course. there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, they were really cool gaming machines for the time. I mean, they were really Amazing. impressive. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I mean, unfortunately, I didn't really appreciate it as much uh, back in the day. So, mm. and the time I got an Amiga, um, Commodore uh, already yeah, was closed. And so there were not any games you could buy anymore or software. Right. But it was really, really an, an amazing machine. Yeah. So, yeah, it still gets a lot of love at like demo parties and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah. yeah. More than a lot. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's it's religious. <laughs> I would say. Um, one one thing I I thought was pretty funny is that in uh, computer gaming world they reviewed this game, and they said Street Rod is a fine nod to nostalgia, and I thought, oh yeah, because it only has sixteen colors, but that's not what they mean at all. <laughs> no, they mean it's they a, mean the cars. It's about the nineteen sixties, but it took me a second to realize that. <laughs> What I also found noteworthy that in the Amiga Choke uh, review, that um, in the end, the uh, reviewer mentions that uh, the manual is the most beautiful oh, that he has ever seen. Hmm. That's cool. Well, we'll add a link to uh, to the PDF. It is a piece of work, yeah. It's, it's, you should check it out. It's funny that there are more diners in the manual than in the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are also more diners in the manual than cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, though I think most most po- most photos of diners also contain cars. So mm, that's true. So we sometimes talk about how the game is available on either GOG or Steam or stuff like that. But in this case, it's really straightforward, isn't it? It's all due to this Marco guy who set up Street Roll Online, and yeah, it, you can just go over there and and grab the game, and all the versions are there. So I guess. I guess there's not really uh, a point in in selling this on GOG or whatever because it's it's free and, and every everyone can just download it. So, yeah. So I found box copies are very hard to find, at least in Europe. Hmm. So um, I, I've checked eBay a couple of times, and there were no copies available ever. Oh, that's sad. That's that's. I wonder if they if they mostly focused on America because of the way the company was structured with the mm. branch in California and in because they didn't really focus on Europe that much. Uh, the, interestingly, although the game was developed in Poland, they didn't even sell it in Poland. I mean, yeah, this was this was purely for the American market. So maybe that's why there's not a lot of copies in Europe. I don't know. So for the boxed copy, it's it's difficult, but if you just want to play it, it's super easy. Yep. So, anyone have um, any killer tactics for how to do well at the game? Because I think if if people got stuck, they might um, get a bit discouraged. It's worth well, it, it wouldn't take that long to to beat the game if you know knew what you're doing. But um, there might yeah. be some hints and tips like that. My killer tactic was only also killing the fun because I was essentially safe scumming my way around the game. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I think that's a requirement, to be honest. Well, um, I mean, you, you can save and make sure when once you crash and you lose all your money that you can um, continue from, from a good point. But... Actually, when, whenever I lost, I, I essentially reloaded the game because I yeah. was I was too too lazy to replace all the parts and it yeah. didn't didn't feel worthwhile. It makes sense to save often because things can change pretty quickly and you could lose everything. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but I think actually actually um, looking back at it now, I think it actually might be more fun if you just went with it. And if you if you run out of money, well, bad for you. But then just start the next game. Yeah. You can have a lot of fun. Yeah, I did do I did do a few runs like that, and um, yeah, it's definitely the way to go. Um, but you do need to uh, keep saving just in case, I think. But because it does have a timer on it, it is the kind of game where you know if you have one bad run and lose your best car, you can set you back a lot, and uh, yeah, you know that can be really frustrating if you've invented, invested a lot of time to get there. Yeah, that that's that's maybe because we're playing it today and we. Don't expect this game to last us as a couple of months, right? So we're playing it for mm-hmm, yeah. one weekend, maybe two weekends, and then we expect to be done with it and play another game. But back in the day, if if I had gotten this game in in eighty um, nine, I would probably have played the hell out of it. Mm, yeah, exactly. It's the sort of game where you can play it many times and just keep coming back to it whenever it suits you. I think and. and uh, that way you can try out different tactics and uh, different ways to advance and not try the same gameplay each time. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I think it's it's easy to do that because you can just start again and you know it's not going to take too long to, to get further in the game. But I did a couple of runs where, where I just sort of did the usual um, upgrade a little bit, save some money and then win and buy some really good cars put all the racing stuff in there and, and get it to top speed. But I did have a thought in bed one night and I thought, what if I took the cheapest car, um, the cheapest car you can get, and um, once I've got some money, put the best racing equipment into that cheap body, What will I be able to beat the king with it? And I, I had a run where I tried that and I bought like a $400 Dodge or something and um, I'd sold a... a an expensive car so i had loads of money to put stuff into this banger and i put racing gear in there and i got it to be capable of i think 127 miles an hour that's pretty good oh. probably so for the initial 400 and then probably another 1200 or so on on the racing bit so you got a 127 mile an hour car for a couple of grand um which you know could be could be a good way to go but um i found out and i did that a couple of times with slightly more expensive cars and could get them up to about 128 129 but i still couldn't beat the king with those i I really think that you need 130 miles an hour on that sheet to be able to beat him yeah it just i've I've only ever beaten him with 130 mile an hour car and i've I've beaten him with corvette or, or for thunderbird but that's about it yeah, I think you you need a top of the line car in the end, but you can do the whole rest of the game with with your first car essentially. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you guys earlier, uh just in terms of a racing game, like how does this uh kind of match up if you take away all the stuff, you know, fiddling with your engine and upgrading it? I think it's less of a simulation, but it's more the racing side of it is more arcadey and it's kind of um practice-based and skill-based like once you've learned how to do it 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 requires you to move in certain ways um to win yeah um 
And yeah, it's. Uh, I think the best thing about it is it's a mixture of lots of different um, genres. Hmm. It it plays really similarly to games like Test Drive. Um, and I yeah. think the main thing that keeps Test Drive interesting, because that's a pure racer, but that has other traffic on the road, while this game does not. So I think once you're in a very good car, then you don't really engage that much with the opponent anymore. You just drive off into the distance. And, well, then since there's also no traffic, you're essentially alone, which mm. is not as exciting. Yeah, it's about avoiding the, the obstacles. That's, the, that's yeah. the main challenge, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, but the reason it is exciting is because you are betting your own car and you know what, yeah. what the, the consequences of it will, what will be once you win or lose. So I remember being very fascinate, fascinated by that when I was a kid. Like, you know, you're, uh, this is it. You, you win or lose. Like, it's not just uh, the amount of money you've saved up. This is your, you know, the car that you... Yeah, you're competing with. If I don't have the car, then I'm never going to be able to to win the race. Exactly. So I think that adds a lot to even to the racing. Though I think the um, at least in my opinion, um, racing doesn't really feel like racing in the game. Um, so you you either get a good start or a bad start, and then it's it's just staying on the road, really. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, but. That's just how it is in these old games, I think. There's very little, like, actual racing lines yeah, or something. But, uh, uh, yeah, uh, but that, that's not even it. I mean, in, in Grand Prix Circuit, I remember actually um, having to overtake and that that worked and it felt like a race. But in hmm. Street Rot, it was really, it was like an... I don't know, a game, stay on the road, get a good start. When you fall behind, you have hardly any chance to overtake if you... If you, you um, go in front, there's hardly anything that can go wrong except you um, mm. leaving the road. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. If you think, if you take it back to what we were comparing it to, like films like Greece, um, or any uh, any boy racer type film or that sort of era, they all kind of, you know, the the girl in between the cars, she would drop the flag and they would drive off into the distance and like you'd see them right next to each other eyeballing each other through the window wouldn't you so and it wasn't really like that i guess no i think i think the racing only is made interesting because of all the other parts uh and on its own it would probably not be the best racer out there yeah it's definitely the uh, the other elements that give it depth yeah exactly so did it hold up would you was it like you expected? Would you recommend it? Um, what would you say, uh, Jonas? Well, I didn't expect anything. So uh, <laughs> I, I always uh, keep that free. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I really liked it. And what, what, what I enjoyed about it is, is discovering all the options that uh, that we have uh, been talking about. And uh, what, what surprised me is that there's just uh, so much depth to that game. So... Hmm. I mean, if it were only for the racing, then yeah, I, I guess um, I, I couldn't really recommend it. But considering all the options that you have, tuning your car, and uh, it really makes it fun and, and worthwhile. So I would definitely recommend to anyone playing this game. Uh, there are lots of, 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 of design aspects that I like. For instance, we talked about that the game doesn't hold your hand and... Uh, so you, know, it's just fun discovering all the options, and um, yeah, yeah, 
exactly. I, th- I think that sums it up pretty well. Um, what would you say, Otvar? I mean, it's obviously weird when you have actually played it a lot, but... Yeah, I have good memories from it. I, I found it... Uh, like, I really like the concept and like the... You know, this is the... This is the sim, you know, go and knock yourself out or, you know, blow up your engine and then you're you're pretty much screwed from the get-go. But uh, I found it really frustrating with the controls and I'm not sure if this is my DOSBox setup and I just needed to fine-tune it. But uh, like with the, the gears not responding and uh, um, just uh, really hard to to get going in the race, uh, I had a really hard time mm. uh, actually playing it. <laughs> but um, I, I think it's a really cool game and it's got a, a lot of... Um, aspects to it that you just don't find in in games. Um, no, never mind modern games, just any other mm. games. And I, I think that's really cool. Um, I, I might try and just go back to to the sort of DOSBox settings because uh, I, th- I suspect that was part of my problem. Yeah, yeah, I, I get what you mean. Of, uh, I was playing uh, sometimes on the laptop, sometimes on my phone, and uh, on the laptop the keyboard was quite a good way to go. It's quite responsive. Um, and then taking it onto my phone, I had a Bluetooth controller and that was a lot easier to race than like the emulated screen controls. Um, and I, I took the Bluetooth controller back to the laptop and actually that was for both methods. That was a lot easier to use the, uh, the sticks. Huh. Interesting. That is interesting. I didn't have so much issues with the controls, so... I don't know if I'm just used to it, or maybe mm. it is a configuration thing. But I it it didn't really not work for me, so I don't know. I guess they um, didn't have much technology, so they had to go with what they had on the keyboard. Yeah, yeah, and make but... the best of it. So, would you recommend it, Rob? Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, I had a lot of fun playing it. I had no knowledge of it or no expectations um, when you first mentioned it. So I was going in completely blind. But um, yeah, it just, I don't know, there's something about it. There's, uh, it's got a good feel to it. It's um, kind of uh, it's reminiscent of a certain era. And it's a very sort of cinematic uh, era that's fun to look at. And I think it does it really well with the graphics that it has. Um, and the technology that it has, which wasn't much. I think they've, they've, They've kind of got a good image for you to give uh, to for you to play hmm. and for, yeah. for you to get involved in, and and you do get really involved in it. It's uh, it's got depth, and it's not just racing; it's all of the other things that we've mentioned, um, and it gets you really invested in the game, and uh, you want to come back and replay it, and then maybe change things, do it in a different way. Uh, but it it really does keep you coming back. And um, yeah, I just, I really like the menu, the garage, uh, the look of it all and the way you have to find things. And yeah, all the different models of cars, lots of variety, especially if you look at the special edition, suddenly you get this whole catalogue of, uh, of new cars. So yeah, there was like, you know, there's, it's still a game that I come back to. There's lots of cars I want to try, lots of different uh, methods of going through the game I want to try. Um yeah, it's it's given me a lot of uh, interest, a lot of pleasure, um, and I knew nothing about it before, so it's really great. That is really great to hear. Um, what do you think, Florian? I mean, uh, you've got all sim racing set up right now. I mean, you've got you bought a wheel and everything. 
So yeah, it's, it's definitely not. This is not really that, bad, but I, nobody expected that to happen, right? Did you try it with your wheel, Florian? Did you try it? That would have been hilarious. No, no, no. Oh, <laughs> missed opportunity. Yeah, I, I don't think it's that's that's really a simulation. Right? No, um, not not for the racing part, at least. Um, I feel um, the game is this. I enjoyed it. I think I just played it the wrong way. Like, um, as I said, I did save scumming and I only ever played it for, mm. for an hour or so in the evening. I think what you really need to do with this game is um, take, a, take a slow weekend, um, get yourself some some nice snacks and stuff and, and just sit down and enjoy the game for for a while. Yeah. Uh, check out all the things. Don't don't rush it. If you do that, and you can get past um, some of the other issues, like the game constantly insulting you or um, <laughs> the random number generator playing against you, like um, sometimes you have to wait ages until you find the, the, the king at the diner so you can challenge him, just so that he tells you you're an amateur and he doesn't want to race you. <laughs> so it's, uh, and some other. Um, a random number of things that are a bit annoying but besides that i think it, it it's a really fun game so especially since it's available for free you can't really do anything wrong with it mm, yeah that is a good point but yeah it it can be frustrating from time to time so that's something to keep in mind yeah it's it's a different kind of racer and it's not for everyone i can see that but it's i think it has a lot of character which makes up for a lot of its faults yeah. so that's a good way of describing it actually yeah so uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's street road, right? Um, I think we should talk about the club stuff, Florian. Club stuff, yes, yes. So what are we doing right now? We are playing skiing games, lots of them actually. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how many games have we discovered. Twenty. Um, let me look. I think Richard said there are fourteen skiing games for MS DOS on Moby Games. Huh. Uh, and we currently in the forums. Pure, pure skiing imprint. Well, let's see. Um, on on the forums right now, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games. But some of these are collections, mm. like uh, Winter Challenge, which is, or or the games Winter Challenge, I should say that, which is a collection of I don't know, like ten mini games. So, but yeah, we're we're basically just playing every skiing game for MS-DOS we can find. Uh, and there are quite a few, but there also there aren't as many as you might think. So it's quite doable to play them all. Oh, but still a few. Yeah. Anyway, um, by the time this podcast comes out, we are playing another game. Mm. And that will be the potentially fantastic Master of Magic. <laughs> I assume it will be fantastic because it's a Steve Barcia game and they are all great. So Yeah. I, I love this game. And I think Otvar does as well. So I'm really looking forward to replaying it uh, in uh, in yeah. January, right? Exactly. I've never exactly. played it. We'll see how it is. I assume it's great. Um, and then in February, there will be an even better game. <laughs> uh, that's, what? <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, it will be the Day of the Tentacle Maniac Mansion 2. <sighs> one of the best games ever made, in my opinion. Mm. One of my absolute all-time favorite games. Agreed. Really, really looking forward to that. And uh, it won't be the only um, point-and-click adventure game that we're going to play. Because Not quite. Not quite. We have decided that we are that we have done way too few point-and-click adventures in the last couple of years and that we should really 
up our game there. And that's why we said we will make every other month in 2021 a point-and-click adventure. So, 2021 is the year of the adventure game at yep. DOS Game Club. So, so there will be Day of the Tentacle, there will be Space Quest, awesome. um, Lost Eden, Star Trek, more. Star Trek, be... 50th anniversary, 25th, 25th anniversary. Uh, good games, lots of games. <laughs> um, Simon the Sorcerer and one more that I can't recall right now. Well, in um, October, we will be doing Hugo's House of oh, Horrors. Hugo's House of Horrors, yes. Ah, that's not, not a point and click, but still an adventure game. So lots of adventure games are coming uh, in yep, the new so, year. Looking forward to that massively. I look forward to 2022, the year of micro simulation games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we well, could we do m- a few more of those yeah. as well. More than zero. No, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll recommend some on the forum. But yeah, I, I, adventure games do need a, a bit, of, bit more representation. So it's going to be a good okay. year. Well, especially since there's such a staple of PC gaming from that era. Mm-hmm. So I think when people think of DOS games, they basically think of adventure games. Uh, it's like how, how platformers are the, the, the default genre for consoles. or mm. Yeah, so. Right. Yeah, I think they deserve some more love. So I'm looking forward to this a lot. Gonna, gonna be awesome. And we're still gonna do six other games, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna still do six games that are not adventure games, so. There's still plenty of room for other stuff. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that's it. Um, if you're a fan of this MS-DOS gaming stuff, you can uh, visit us on dosgameclub.com, which is our website where you can register, post on the forums with us, find out about all the episodes, comments, uh, everything. Uh, you can also suggest games there that we might play in the future. Um you can also come and hang out with us on IRC, where we have a chat room called DOS Game Club on the Afternet network. And if you're not an IRC person, then uh, we've got a widget on the website where you can uh, chat with us directly without having to install anything. We're also on Twitter, where we're called DOS Game Club, so you can follow us there. And sometimes we do polls or just tweet out fun stuff uh, about the DOS games that we're featuring. And last but not least, uh, we really would appreciate if you leave a review or a rating in your podcasting app so we can see what you guys are thinking and also uh, to recommend the show to other people, which helps a lot. So, yeah, I think that's it. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for for being here, guys. It's been awesome fun. Yeah, good to be back. Hope to have you on the show again later. Definitely. So, yeah, thanks a lot and and, and talk to you uh, hopefully again soon. Cheers. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Buzz off.